When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today, tailoring it to suit your business-specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. You're listening to the online marketing made easy podcast episode number 67. Welcome to the online marketing made easy podcast business advice. So easy. You'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another edition of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. So thrilled that you've tuned in today. Now, today we are talking about the need to possibly narrow your niche and all the questions that go along with that. I've invited an expert on the show today because she really, truly has some great strategies related to narrowing your niche and why you want to do it. Now, I know some of you say niche, which sounds way cooler but I've always said niche. And so I'm just going with it. So we're also going to explore things like how to say no more often to not only save your sanity, but also help you not resent when you do say yes. And we're going to talk about running into some of the same challenges again and again. Have you ever had the situation where you came up against a challenge, you got past it, and then that challenge reared its ugly head again. And you're thinking, why am I here again? I thought I was past this. We're going to talk about that and why that happens and what you can do about it. So we're going to cover a lot today. And my special guest is Natalie Lucier. Now, Natalie is a world-class digital strategist who teaches people how to define their market niche and build their email list. My kind of lady. Another thing that stands out about Natalie is her intuition about the future of business. She's such a wise girl. Get this. When she graduated from college, she actually turned down a job a job offer from Wall Street because she had a sixth sense that the economy was going to turn in ways we couldn't comprehend yet. The girl was right out of college. So instead, she started her own business. Now, this is not her first business. She was, I think, 12 when she started her first business. We'll talk about that. Well, not only did she accurately predict the future of where things were going, so good thing she didn't choose the Wall Street job, but her first business grew so quickly that she found herself constantly answering questions about how she did it. So that's how she started her next business, a consulting and training company that helps people build businesses as big as their ambitions. Natalie's tips for marketing and list building have been featured everywhere. Forbes, Business Insider, Fast Company, Lifehack. 
I could go on and on. Now, also, one thing that you might not know if you already know about Natalie Lucier, one thing you might not know is that Natalie and I go way back. I was in a year-long mastermind with Natalie. There was about 20 of us entrepreneurs, all women, and we met about four times a year, and the leader was Marie Forleo. So I think it was Marie's very first live mastermind, first or second. And Natalie and I became really great friends. And the cool thing is we've gotten to watch each other's businesses grow up. I remember where she was when she was in that mastermind. I was just starting out. She was way more advanced than I was, but I've seen her business grow even since then and change into different things, which we'll talk about on this interview. So I'm really excited. It's been a long time since Natalie and I have gotten to connect. So we have a lot of catching up to do as it pertains to all the topics I talked about earlier the niche, saying no, hitting the same challenges again and again. We're going to dive into all of it. So let's go ahead and get started. Hey there, Natalie. Thanks so much for being on the show. I truly appreciate it. Yay. Thanks for having me, Amy. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on the show because one of the questions I get asked a lot by my students is, should I narrow my niche more or am I going to exclude too many people? So I know it's at the forefront of many people's minds when it comes to building their business online. But you say it really starts with uniqueness, finding that niche that only your business can fill or creating one for yourself. I know we all want to feel like our business is truly unique, but tell us why it's not just a good feeling to have, but what's truly important about finding your specific unique niche? Yeah, I feel like, you know, there are more people starting businesses all the time and everybody can have similar ideas or similar things that they want to talk about in their businesses and maybe courses they want to create or things they want to teach. So I think it's really important to be able to distinguish yourself from the other people who are out there in the marketplace so that when people are looking for a solution to their problems or they want to learn from someone, they can really zero in and see how you're different and, you know, how you're a good fit for them, their learning style and and the way that they want to evolve and grow as a human being or however they, you know, whatever kind of problem you're trying to solve for them. Right. Now, one thing that I always think about with the problem with being unique is that it sometimes means you don't fit into a category that everyone else is already familiar with. So Steve Jobs has this famous quote where he says, people don't know what they want until you show it to them. Well, once a person has identified that unique niche for themselves, what steps can they take to really show their target market? Yes, you need me. You've needed me all along. You just didn't realize it. Like that seems to be really difficult to me. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of different levels to that, right? So there's going to be the level of, you know, what kind of category you fit in. And I do think that there are broad stroke categories that every business will fit under. So, you know, some of the ones that I always sort of talk about are um, getting laid, getting paid and not dying. And then I also, (laughs) I like to throw in um, spirituality as well, because I feel like that's, that should also be in there. But a lot of times, you know, you, whatever problems you are solving will fit into those major categories. And what you need to do to really help people understand that you can help them is 
you know, be really specific in how you speak about what you do or what kind of problems you solve. So instead of saying, you know, I have this generic medicine that will solve all of your ills, you can say, you know, this is a headache medicine. When you have a migraine, this will solve your migraine in 10 minutes, right? And obviously that's just an example, but whatever your business is, there's a way for you to get really specific and talk to actual things that people are experiencing. And that's going to help them connect with your brand and what you can do for them. Now, do you ever talk about the fact or do you ever have clients that they have this really unique idea and nobody else is doing it? And sometimes a lot of marketers will say that is a huge red flag. Do you ever see that as being a red flag? Yeah, sometimes I do think it can be. I think that um, there's definitely not like you should just if there's no competition, you should just ignore your idea completely because sometimes you can be one of the first people and there could be other people working on the idea. So sometimes I like to say uh, that everybody gets ideas around the same time and they have a shelf life. So you have to use them before they expire because somebody else could be working on it um, behind the scenes and they haven't launched yet. So I don't completely, you know, ignore good ideas if there's nobody else in the marketplace. But I do think that you need to check Um, Is there a market for this idea or this product or whatever it is that you're creating? And usually that means taking a look at audiences and other maybe blogs or communities around that topic to see if there's enough of a critical mass of people who are interested in this so that, you know, if you were to start something on this idea, people would be able to find you. You know, they at least exist in a community somewhere that you'd be able to tap into. Yeah, that's really a good tip for sure. Now, On your about page, you have this really great quote. It says, simplicity sells. If you can't understand it or explain it, don't do it, which I absolutely love. So when we're talking about, you know, having this unique niche and people maybe not really understanding it just yet, what are some practical ways that people with unique niche for their business can simplify it both for themselves and for their market? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. So the way that I like to think about a niche, and I'm just going to say niche because I'm French. (laughs) (laughs) The way that I like to think about a niche is it comprises of three things. The first one is your topic. So that's just, you know, what you're talking about. The second one is your story. And then the third one is your audience. So those three things come together to create what your niche is actually going to be. So your topic, you know, in my business, the very first business I started was all about raw food. So that was my topic. But then until I figured out what my story and what my audience was, I didn't really have a niche. It was just a topic. Then when I got into my story and my why and why, I was so passionate about helping people eat more fruits and vegetables. I was able to connect with people who could also connect with my story. But then when I got even more clear on who my audience was, and really those were mostly people who were like me, who grew up eating a lot of fast food and junk food and who were kind of rediscovering fruits and vegetables. Then again, it was easier for them to understand me and for me to explain things to them. So with those three things, I think you can really define a niche and make it easier for yourself to communicate it clearly. I like that. So the topic, the story, and then the audience. And that actually leads me perfectly into the next thing I wanted to ask you about, because I love how you teach story and how that kind of works into everything you do. And let's say, for example, you're a fitness coach and you overcame debilitating disease. So everyone who struggles with chronic illness and disease in particular is going to instantly resonate with you as a fitness coach. So that works out really good, especially with your example, with the topic, the story, the audience. 
But what about people who haven't quite reached the peak yet? So to use that same example, you're a fitness coach and you struggle with this disease and you're still struggling with it, but you want it to be part of your story, but you haven't yet conquered it. Or another one, I have a client, she's a home organizer, but then she had kids and she, her business started to grow and she says, I feel like a fraud because I kind of have a crazy hectic life. You know, how do you work that into your story, but still be that expert? Such a good question. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that a lot of times we think that we need to have our story finished in order to be able to use it or to publish it. Right. And to have the happily ever after (laughs) available to to kind of showcase. Um, But the way that I like to think about it is more as a spiral staircase. And for those of you who are listening, you can go and download the spiral staircase exercise that will kind of walk you through this. Okay, so let's tell them about that really fast. We're going to go into the spiral staircase, kind of what it is, that model. And if you want to grab it and really learn how to do it in terms of an exercise that Natalie has created for you, you can go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 67 download and you can get it right away. Okay. So talk to us about this model. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times we think that our lives should be straightforward and direct from point A to point B, you know, where we are now to where we want to go later. And a lot of times what I found is that it's actually more of a circular pattern. So we might be kind of walking along this spiral staircase and we can't really see how we're going to get there, but we can see the next step and we can't see around the corner. So we don't know what the future steps are. But looking back down our spiral staircase, we can see that we tend to revisit certain things over and over again in our lives. And so what I like to do as an exercise is to have people look through some of the big life experiences that they've had. If it's for your career, for your niche that you're trying to figure out, you could look at, um, you know, career advancement or interesting things like it could just be a cool course you took online or in college or a book you read that really impacted you. It could be an internship you did or um, just, you know, a summer, you know, vacation you took somewhere that taught you about something that was really interesting. And so all of these experiences in your life that are kind of spiraling and sometimes you'll revisit similar things. So for, for my own life, you know, I started making websites when I was 12 and then wow. when I got to college, <laughs> when I got to college, um, I, you know, studied software. So that was kind of my next evolution. And then when I graduated, I ended up, you know, finding myself designing websites again for a while. And I was like, why am I back to square one? So sometimes our our businesses or our lives spiral like that and come back to what feels like square one. But then I realized, you know, all of that experience in between when I was 12 and when I actually came back to web design had taught me so much. And I was a much better web designer and business person. And now I'm kind of back to another spiral where I help people with their websites, but now I actually have, you know, WordPress plugins and things. So I just want to give my example so that people can see their spiral, what that might look like. And then also just when you're writing your story or when you're sharing your story with your audience, that it doesn't have to be finished because you're going to keep going around the spiral. You're going to keep learning new things. And, you know, in the example that you shared, you know, because she's a mom and things are kind of hectic in her life, she'll be able to help other people who are in that space. Whereas before she might not have had that same experience to be able to apply. So I think it's it's kind of cool to be able to have those to bring in and to kind of show how real you are as well. Oh, that's so good. Now, how the heck did you get into designing websites at age 12? 
<laughs> um, I just, I liked it. I mean, I, we got our first computer that was connected to the internet and, um, I was really into cartoons and anime and I found out that other people could build websites and I was like, well, how do you do that? So I actually, <laughs> I called up our internet service provider and it was just some guy who lived in the next town. And he was like, yeah, you know, you just put an HTML file up and you just learn it online. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so I, would just, I would just, you know, copy other people's code and change the, the colors and stuff like that until. I finally learned, you know, how to code myself. But yeah, that was that's how I got started. (laughs) Okay, that is absolutely amazing. I don't really know many kids that would do such a thing. So and you got to love the time where you can call up the service provider and he's in the other town. He's like, yeah, sure, you could do it. Imagine doing that now. I know (laughs) just wouldn't work that way. Well, that's fantastic. I love that. I love to hear about little kids that are entrepreneurs like you and what they grow up to be, because I'm trying to I'm trying to raise an entrepreneur myself, but I don't want to push it on him too much for Cade, my son. And so every time he's doing something like, okay, this is a total side note, but he wanted, this killed me. He wanted to sell candy at school. There's a certain kind of candy all the kids were crazy about. And I don't even like him eating candy, but he wanted to sell it so bad and he put it uh, in a little baggie. So everyone got their own little package and he priced it just below someone else that priced it at school. Like this was a trend and I knew he was going to get in trouble. I knew he couldn't do it, but I let him do it. I'm terrible. I let him do it because I wanted him to have that experience. But the first time someone got in trouble, he shut his whole business down, which I love. Oh my God, (laughs) that's adorable. (laughs) So I, I want to encourage him to do these things, but I'm thinking I'd much rather him try to create a website than sell candy at school. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, I have a similar, I wasn't trying to sell candy, but when I was a kid, you know, when we first got our computer, I would ask all my friends to write stories, collect them and print them out and then sell them back to them (laughs) and to my family and other people. But yeah. And so basically it was kind of like a little newsletter that I used to publish and I would write stories too and and put things together. But yeah, that was kind of like the early days of my publishing uh, empire. You were a little busy bee. Are you an only child? I am. Yeah. So you, so is Cade. So I like that you guys come up with your own little ideas and just run with it. Fantastic. (laughs) Well, obviously it's work for you because you have a, an amazing business doing so many things. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, kind of what you've got up your sleeve, because it's very unique in, in the sense that we're talking about unique niches. I think you've definitely cornered yours um, with some of the tools. So we'll talk about those in a minute, but I want to stay a little bit on this idea of the spiral staircase and you know, I love that you used your own business as an example. So basically, just so I understand the concept, when you're going up this spiral staircase, building your business, you're going to come up against things that you're thinking, why am I doing this again? I've already been down this road. Am I moving backwards? And you're saying, hey, look at those experience with a new perspective because you're in a different place on that staircase. Exactly. You nailed it. Gotcha. Okay, good. I really like that because that definitely does happen. And I'm the first one to beat myself up like, holy cow, I thought I already had gotten past this. Why am I sitting here again? And I love the idea of a new perspective. And you usually do something different with it. You become stronger from it. You get new ideas from it. So I think it's the the good lesson there on top of everything else that you're going to learn inside the spiral staircase exercise we're going to give you is that don't beat yourself up. It's, It's definitely part of the process. And there's some great, great learnings from all of that. Okay. So I love that. Um, another thing I want to talk to you about is list growth, because you definitely are an expert in growing your email list with quality leads. And if we relate it back to a unique niche, do you think that somebody just starting out 
Should broaden their niche first in order to grow an email list, or should they really stay that course on a more uh, very unique niche that's going to, it's going to be harder to grow an email list, but I don't know. I see the, I see the pros and cons because that email list would be pretty dang focused and targeted, but what's your take there? Yeah, such a good question. It's something people ask me all the time too. My take on that is start narrow and only expand after you have a strong foothold in, you know, people's minds and kind of the marketplace you're starting off in. So if I go back to my very first business, which was, you know, raw food, uh, people got to know me as the raw food person. And then they would, you know, they could recommend me as that. So, you know, I didn't start off as the health and nutrition person, because that's too broad in my opinion. So if you are a health and nutrition person, how can you zero in on a specific thing that you help people with or a very specific part of the audience or kind of what topic you're going to cover? So maybe it's um, weight loss using essential oils and that's like super, super specific, right? Or if it is fitness, then it's, you know, kettlebells and I'm just kind of making stuff up obviously, but, but you know what I mean? Like really starting narrow, I think is the best way to go. And then, you know, what I, what I see a lot is people are like, well, I'm going to get bored of talking about just this one topic or this one thing. So what can I do to kind of break out of that? So what I say is, you know, if you can stay on one topic or one kind of narrow focus for at least six to 12 months, um, once you've gotten that kind of momentum going that people know you for that one thing, then it's okay to start adding different topics, different pieces into your business, into your email list building, all that stuff. You can do a different opt-in or whatever it is that you're thinking of doing. And it'll be way easier because people will already know you as an expert in one thing. And then it's easier to add expertise in other topics once you're already established. Okay, so I didn't realize it, but that's exactly what my business, you know, how it basically came about, because I did start out really general with social media marketing. Um, But as we got into Natalie and I were in a mastermind together, I really decided, okay, I'm going to go with Facebook marketing specifically, which is still really big, but it's a lot less um, big than social media marketing. Anyway, once I got known for Facebook, that's when I finally got the chance to kind of branch out and other things like list building and automation and all that good stuff. But it was so much easier because I already had a platform and people respected me and knew that I was putting out some good content. So that's makes perfect sense. Yeah, you're a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So Okay, this is this is the next thing I want to talk to you about is from an article that you wrote, and I absolutely loved it. Learn to say no without feeling guilty. And we're going to link to this article because I think so many people listening today really need this lesson because it's a difficult one. So in this article, you mentioned that saying no leaves margin for magic, which I love. So tell me this. How can people tell what the right things for them are to say no to and versus the things that they really shouldn't pass up? And um, how do they stay away from all that guilt of saying no? Because as you know, it's so easy to become that yes machine because you don't want to miss any opportunities. Oh, yeah. The reason I can talk about this is because I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, you know, from experience. Totally. So I would say that the best place to start is to start with your goals and your aspirations and the things that you want to do and really get clear on either a plan or kind of what you're really focusing on for the next 90 days, six months, however far out you want to plan that. Uh, But once you know what your goals are and whether that is, you know, 
get more speaking gigs or get more podcast interviews or, you know, just create a new product, whatever it is that you're thinking about. Then when you see those opportunities, you actually have a filter to see, does this actually fit with the goals that I have in mind? And if it does, then it's an easy yes, that it makes total sense. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't mean that it's automatically a no. It could be, you know, next quarter, I'm going to be doing more you know, maybe outreach. So that would be a great time to do a podcast interview or whatever it is. Right? right. So it's easier to be able to say yes or no, when you are already clear on what your priorities are. So what I like to do is I have a little index card and every single quarter I come up with my top five priorities for the quarter. And they're usually just like for the whole company. So not just my own, but you know, maybe it's like we're launching something. And then the other thing is I want to work on our systems in the back end. And then maybe the third thing is, you know, reach X number of people through, you know, list building opportunities. So if a list building opportunity or an interview request comes in, I might say, yes, it's a good fit. Um, if somebody's like, hi, I'm a systems expert, <laughs> you know, I'd love to help you with your systems. That would be also an easy yes. Yeah. But if it's somebody who's saying, hey, I want to, let's say, renovate your house for you, I would be like, oh, it's not on my priorities this, this month. So let's not do that. And I'm, I'm just kind of making that example up. But that really helps you to make those decisions. That's fantastic. I recently did a podcast where I did a really simple exercise. It was number 66, where I said, let's look at the remainder of your year and decide really, truly where you're going to be spending time and schedule that uh, that time into your calendar. And so if you did exercise 66, that is doing uh, reading this article, learning to say no without feeling guilty is the perfect next step, because now that you have your plan for the remainder of the year, you are very clear about where you're going to be working. So every opportunity that comes your way, it's so much easier to say yes or no, depending on what's already on the docket. So that's huge. And you know, one thing that I have always been a yes machine, one, I don't want to hurt people's feelings and I want to make sure that other people are taken care of. And then what happens is I'll say yes to everything and I feel really resentful about it. So, which is so not fair to the person I said yes to. It's not their fault. I just said yes to a million other things as well. So we kind of have to own it and know that if we're going to say yes, we really, it needs to be a really strong yes. And getting into, you know, we, Natalie and I have a mentor, Marie Forleo, that's who we were in the mastermind with. Um, she's always telling us, get on the no train. And when you get on that no train, it makes life so much easier because you don't feel stretched in a million directions. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I would also say what you said is totally spot on when you say yes and you don't really mean it or, you know, you, you say yes and then something else comes up and you're like, oh, it doesn't quite work anymore. Um, it's that becomes kind of a mess. So what that means is like you made a commitment, but you're no longer you know, in it. Yes. So, it, so, so I really recommend if that's a situation that you're in to address the situation with the person head on and say, Hey, you know, I committed to this, but I can't do this. Um, or, you know, if you still have to totally just get through it and that's okay too, but at least be aware that creating messes actually depletes your energy and you don't want to get in there. Yes. I love that. It depletes your energy. And that's the last thing we need when we're trying to grow a business. Now that reminds me, I also, and this kind of goes into what we just talked about. So we're talking about saying no. And when you say yes, really mean it and make it part of, you know, all the projects that you're working on. And what I love is you talk a lot about finding deeper meaning of your business and using that as a guide to growth. And people don't talk about this a lot. So I'm really glad that you go there. Now, can you spell out a little more about what that deeper meaning really is? So is it all about what you 
feel your mission truly is as a business person? Or what do you mean when you're talking about that deeper meaning in your business? Yeah, there's a couple of things that come up for me around that. So the main thing for me is definitely kind of compassion and connecting with my audience and, you know, how I'm actually helping them. So to me, that's kind of co-creating, you know, whatever offerings I'm creating or whatever free content I'm putting out. So really just being able to put myself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from, what their struggles and challenges are, and just having compassion for them and empathy for them and saying, you know, I know where you're at. I've been there most of the time I have (laughs) because, you know, I've been on a similar path and I can help you get out of that or get to that next level. So to me, that is a really big piece of it is just remembering. I think a lot of times online we get so caught up in the uh, logistics and the analytics and we're like, okay, you know, what's the conversion rate and what's the opt-in rate. But just remembering that there's a human being on the other side of that screen who has their own, you know, heartbeat and hopes and dreams and goals. And so, you know, when I kind of remember that when I'm sending an email, I'm not sending an email to my list. I'm actually sending an email to all these incredible human beings. So that to me is kind of the first one. Um, and then the deeper meaning, you know, of a business, it's going to be individually based, but you know, why you started this business and what you're really passionate about changing in the world really comes in. So for me, I'm really passionate about changing the way that women approach work. And that could be, you know, if you're a freelancer or a consultant, a business owner, I feel like there's just so many opportunities to be ambitious in your own way, whether you're a mom or you're a younger person or you're an older person who's re-entering the workforce. I feel like there's just so many opportunities because of the internet. So that's a really big part of, you know, what I do and why I do it. Awesome. That's, that's, and it comes out in everything you do, Natalie. So it's very, very clear that you do care that there's a living, breathing human being on the other side of that email and you're going to do everything you can to support them. So I just want to give you a shout out that that is very clear in all you do. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So, So true. Now, speaking of you doing some amazing things, one thing that you do well is you are very polite. You even have a polite pop-up tool for websites. And we'll get into that in a moment. But the thing is, you're very polite. You're so good to people. You just love on them incredibly, but you're also not afraid to ask for what you want as a businesswoman either. So I think a lot of people that are moving forward in their business, they think I'll get to that one day where I don't have to ask anymore. I don't need to ask for new clients or more sales or, you know, I don't need to do that. And then when they do, they feel like they're on that staircase again, where you bring up, don't worry, it's that spiral staircase and this is normal. But could you give us some practical tips on how to make asking, asking in a way that feels good to you and gets you the results that you want? Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing that people ask me all the time. Like, does it just come to you? Do these opportunities just, you know, yes. show up on your doorstep? Right. And for the most part, they don't. For the most part, it is me saying, OK, what do I want? You know, for example, like being featured in Forbes, you know, I was like, I really want to write for Forbes. So how did I do that? Well, I just looked up how do you write for Forbes? <laughs> and I found, you know, here's some of the editors you can reach out to. And I looked at some of my friends who had done it and I was like, OK, well, they seem to be publishing through this route. So I just wrote an email with a pitch and said, this is the topic I want to write about. And here are the bullet points of what I would include in the article. And, you know, they said, yes, let's do it. And I sent the full article. So I do think that you have to also remember the other 
other person. So for example, um, if you are pitching yourself or, you know, whether it's for a speaking gig or a podcast or really anything kind of media ish, you have to think about what is the other person looking for? And a lot of times they are looking for content. They're looking for experts. They're looking for people to feature. So you are actually doing them a service to say, Hey, I have this great piece of content that you can use, or I would like to be on your show. Um, and here's the topic that I would be able to cover. So I do think that there is a way to make it win-win so that it's not just self-serving and being like, Hey, feature me, <laughs> you know, it, it yes. can totally be useful for them on, on their platform too. And I think you're really good at being resourceful. So, you know, I bet there's rarely a time that you feel like, oh, we can't do that or that's not going to work. I'm going to guess that you're always looking for an angle in order to make something work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it is also about working on your own stuff until you feel confident. So, for example, um, when our software first came out, we worked on a free version and I was like, okay, before we even sell it or before we approach anybody to be affiliates for it, let's just make a really awesome free version of Pop-Up Ally and let's get people using it. And so, you know, we worked on that kind of internally. We released it for free. We got, you know, tens of thousands of downloads. And at that point, it was like, oh, obviously. Obviously, this is good. So <laughs> then it was easier to say, yes, like, let's approach affiliates. Let's get people to write about it. Let's get them to spread the word. So, you know, sometimes it is about getting something that's really good quality before you fully go out there with it. Okay. So let's talk about some of the software you have, because there's a few things going on. So I want you to tell people what you've created and why you did it, because these tools are awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, when I was doing web design, I realized people want really customized, beautiful things for their website, obviously. And it, the only downside is that you tend to have to be a developer to really customize everything the way you want it yes. to look. So, or hire one. So <laughs> it kind of limits how quickly you can do things. So when my husband, so actually what happened is that my business was growing really quickly and my husband was working as a management consultant. And I was like, you know, honey, you should really quit your job. I'm <laughs> you know, I'm kind of making more money than you are. You're working really hard <laughs> and you could take some time off, but then you could also, you know, join me in my company. So that's, that's, you know, took some convincing, but that's what he did. And, um, so he's actually an amazing developer and he had never developed anything for the web. What? Before. You two yeah. are two peas in a pod. That is perfect. Yeah. So, you know, and I taught him everything I knew about the web and, you know, he took it obviously much further. And so he developed Pop-Up Ally, which was the first plugin that we released. And it's a polite pop-up, like you said. And what I love about it is that it's really customizable design wise. So there's some templates that are built in, but you can also design anything you want from scratch without knowing how to code. Um, so that was really kind of our first, you know, foray into the software world. A timeout. And so why do you call it a polite pop-up? Yes. Okay. So there are a couple of features that make it extra polite. So the first one is exit intent, which basically means that the pop-up will show up when it looks like somebody is about to leave your website. So if it looks like they're about to hit the back button or the little X, then it will show up. So you can capture people before they leave, but you're not going to interrupt them while they're actually reading or nice. watching something. Okay. And then the other feature that no other pop-up has is we have the ability to know when somebody clicked a link from your own email or from your newsletter. So a lot of times people who are already subscribed keep seeing your pop-up just because, uh, you know, <laughs> they're they're on their phone so or they're good. on a different computer. Yeah. So we realized, okay, well, we know you're coming from our newsletter, so we don't need to show you a pop-up again. And so that's one of our most polite features that people love. Okay. That's really cool. Okay. So what else have you guys created? 
Yeah. So since then, you know, we do a lot of online courses and, you know, I had looked at some of the other platforms that are out there for creating courses and they were good, but I had a vision for what I wanted. So what we created is called Access Ally and it's actually just for Infusionsoft, but we're building out an Entreport version and other integrations. So it's coming soon. And um, so basically what we did is we brought in all the features and all the functionality that we wanted and into a beautiful designed interface. So a lot of times if you buy an online course, you have to log into all these different areas. Um, but we wanted to have all of our courses in one place. And then we also built it so that if you have access to it, you can just go to it from your dashboard. But if you don't, you'll see it grayed out and you can buy it right away. So that actually increased some of our kind of natural cross-selling in between our products. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And it's a very non-salesy way to do it, right? It's yes. just curiosity based and it's nice. Um, and then we also built in cool gamification. So we have these video bookmarks. So if you've got a video that's half an hour long or an hour long and you've watched it and you remember you want to go back to that one part, but you can't remember which part of the video it is, we have these video check mark bookmarks that you can go back to and it'll start playing the video at the right spot. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I bet so many people would love that feature. Absolutely. And then also um, you can just track your progress. So once you finish a module, it can unlock the next module or um, you can also just have it timed. So it just releases, you know, once a week or whatever. Um, but then we've also brought in a lot of the um, kind of annoying things <laughs> that sometimes you have to deal with as business owners. So we have the payment uh, information. So if people need to update their credit cards. They can do that right in that area. If they want to grab an affiliate link of ours, they can do that all in that area and see how many sales they've made. So it's all in one login area. And that to us is just kind of amazing. Oh, it is because I do a lot of affiliate marketing and clicking here and going here and trying to figure that out or this out. It's very, very frustrating sometimes. So I love that you've kind of brought everything under uh, basically one roof, which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, the way we're thinking about it, and I kind of see it as the future is the membership area becomes almost like a full website. And, you know, people want to spend as much time there as they do on your main site. So that's kind of what we're building towards and kind of what the Access Ally concept is. So very smart. So you've got the pop up and then you have this software that you just told us about. Do you have anything else yet? Or I bet some things are brewing. Yeah. So then we are working on something called Launch Ally, and that's going to help people run their launch campaigns, whether they're live launches or evergreen launches. And so let's say you have three pre-launch videos and you have a webinar happening and you have a sales page with an early bird. You can have a countdown for those things. You can unlock those things automatically on a timer, um, either based on when that person opts in or if it's a live launch just on specific dates. And so we're really excited about that to just be able to create those kind of experiences in a really easy way so that people don't need to be developers. They don't need to have tons of, you know, hiring tons of teams to do all that for them. Oh my gosh. That one's going to be so very valuable to so many people because launching many people want to do it, but there are so many pieces involved. And so if you're able to kind of bring them all together, this is fantastic. And what I will tell everyone listening now is that one of the greatest things about Natalie, since I've known her for so long, is systems and processes run through her blood. And so you're really good to um, see where things fit together, how the flow will go and how to make it so much easier. And I feel like that's how you've always ran your business. I've seen your business soar over the last few years in the most amazing speed ever. And I know it's because of that skill set you have about bringing things together in a seamless way. And I think it's they've made their way. That skill has made its way 
into everything that you've built. So I'm excited for people to check that out. Where can they go to get some more information about the pop-up and all the other stuff you're working on? Yeah, so they can go to ambitionally.com and you'll see, you know, we've got the products page and we've got the blog over there with tons of tips on, you know, creating great pop-ups and increasing conversions and all the stuff that we that we like to talk about. <laughs> okay, cool. So I'll link to it in the show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash 67. And also one more thing, you also have a podcast. What do you talk about on your podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is called Off the Charts and it's the Off the Charts business podcast. And it's really, really short five to 10 minute audio clips of, you know, very specific things. So like, for example, the um, learning how to say no without feeling guilty, (laughs) really quick and easy to to digest. Um, I've also got one about, you know, the live events that we've had, like how we've organized that. Actually, we have some about working, you know, my husband and I work together. So how we actually make that work. (laughs) So we go into all kinds of different topics about how we run our business and how you can use some of our learnings and uh, hopefully trial and error so you don't have to go through some of that. (laughs) I like how it's just short and sweet and really good snippets to learn from. So good stuff. Definitely go check out Off the Charts podcast and then Ambition Ally as well, which I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. But Natalie, thanks so much for spending this time with me. I truly appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me, Amy. This was so fun. And I just love you and your people. (laughs) Well, likewise. So I can't wait to have you on again. And I hope you have a wonderful week. So there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed this interview as much as I have. So many great key takeaways that I want you to think about, you know, in terms of narrowing your niche and what are you saying yes to that you wish you were saying no to and how can you change that? And also the whole spiral staircase is such an interesting topic and we didn't get into it as much as I wanted to. So I'm really excited that the free PDF for this podcast is the spiral staircase exercise. So we talked about some of it, but also I wanted to give you the spiral staircase analogy that Natalie talks about and why it's so important for you to download the free giveaway. So again, the free download is the spiral staircase exercise. You can get it at amyporterfield.com forward slash 67 download. Or you can text the phrase 67 download to the number 33444. But just to give you a hint, this is what Natalie said about the spiral staircase. She said, what I love about this spiral staircase is that it allows you to set your goal or ideal direction. And for most of us, that means going up in an upward spiral. And then all you have to do is take the next step. You don't need to see around the corner to know where you're going or if you're going in the right direction. You don't need to have everything planned out to a T. You can just do it one step at a time and you know you're on your way. So that's just a little hint of what you'll discover in her free PDF giveaway. Again, amyporterfield.com forward slash 67 download. Make sure to grab your free PDF giveaway so that you too can be in the right direction, going up that spiral staircase, not having to have it all figured out, but you're still meeting your goals. Sounds pretty nice, right? So I can't wait for you to download it and tell me what you think. Until we talk again next week, make it a wonderful week. I can't wait to connect again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.